Welcome to the World of Koth Players Podcast, where we discuss old-school role-playing from the player's perspective. I'm Legitimate Mustard, I play Dark Horses, and I'm here tonight with... Kel Ronan, and I play Yorbrum. This is Kasten, and I play Kasten. Exploding Kitten, and I play Drenna. Hi, my name is uh, Vix, and I play Vix in a different campaign. Awesome. So tonight, uh, in the Gnome campaign, um, we... We started out uh, in the room with the mechanical spiders. We had um, a little bit of a fight going on there. Um, much of the party tried to exit the room. Trudy was giving us instructions to leave the room. She was trying to end the fight quickly. Um, Dark Horses really failed to understand what her her um, intent was and continued attacking and got quite hurt in the process. Um Drena was recovered and removed from the trash pile and taken out of the room by Kazdan. Did some healing. Um, we opened the gate in the room with the uh, the dais and found, got access to the um, the chest that was behind that. And we found some interesting things in that room. So um, yeah, let's let's dig right into um let's start with the uh the, the mechanical spiders i don't know if we did any actual investigation of those yet but does anybody have any um opinions on those mechanical spiders or um any observations that might be enlightening to where we think this is going other than the fact that they're annoying they're very annoying but you know, I think that we've kind of recognized that they're they're not a natural thing. They're a construction of some sort. In fact, I think our DM called them constructs tonight. So, um... I mean, we, we came, we saw Darkosa set a new world record for rodeo riding of mechanical spiders. Um, we barely got out alive, and Trudy finding. I think we should go back and we have tools and disassemble them. I agree. I think we need to investigate the, the spiders quite a lot more. I think that we need to try to determine where they came from and what their purpose is. Because I don't really understand what their purpose is so far. Yeah, not that Yorbrum has any clue what they're used for, but he does believe, or not, not Yorbrum doesn't believe this, but... I think that if we took part the spiders and put grafted them onto our flesh golem friend, parts of them, it would be kind of an interesting idea. This completely meta, probably nobody would suggest it at in character, but it would be great. That would be amazing. That would be an extra, extra awesome flesh golem beast uh, defender thing. Um, so, yeah, so we, we did a little rodeo. Dark Horses rode this, the spider around. Um, we ended up finally killing the spider. There were actually a couple of additional spiders that showed up uh, this session. They were repair spiders. Um, those were new. So, I mean, here's the thing. We squashed them. There's only two repairs. Do we really think that there's the DM would have, not have more of those? I just picture this army of nanobot repair spiders coming down when we come in there. 
That's probably true. That's kind of why Dark Horses did not leave the room, as everyone else seems to have done. Dark Horses really wanted to investigate those things while he had the chance. He also wants to go through those doors to the north in that room. But, uh... However, um, I'm looking at these, and I think what we should go back and take off is their front claws. They pretty much went right through Dark Horses' nice, shiny new armor really really easily yeah they definitely did well we do know oh sorry no go ahead we do know that they were made by the same dwarves and for the purpose of disassembling things so it's possible that the armor was made without taking into consideration these um these machinations dwarves generally try to make things as well as they possibly can once again with the the character thinking that uh, the dwarves made these? Excellent. Okay. <laughs> uh, mm. I'm not convinced. <laughs> we think the no- dwarves or the gnomes make them? Well, Yorbrim is, is convinced that the, the dwarves made them. Oh, yeah. Yorbrim is completely convinced it was the dwarves who made these. I know I can metagame with it, but I've never seen or heard of dwarves doing this kind of mechanical construct. I very much encourage metagaming in this uh, this situation. (laughs) Yeah, this is a good place to metagame. As long as you don't bring it into our characters, it's great. I love this idea. Yeah, I mean, I've never, in all the games, Years that fade down could be different now. Heard of dwarves going for basically fine clockwork? That's not. No, really that's a, fair. Yeah, that's not really a dwarven mentality. But we are playing in the world of Koth, so maybe dwarves and gnomes were working together. We have seen in other rooms in this complex evidence that dwarves and gnomes were working together. Also, the dwarves, or I mean, I'm sorry, the gnomes are quite extraordinary. Uh, at least. The uh, the gnomes that are in the party are quite extraordinary. I think the dark dwarves would would recognize that uh, the gnomes that are in our party are quite different than the gnomes that they have encountered in the cavernous deep. Well, the dark dwarves we're kind of, we're convinced that they're not gnomes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, we farm gnomes in cages. You know, we don't torture them; they're cows. We periodically go in and cut a haunch off and roast it. <laughs> They're not like these. That is that is some really good characterization that you added to the Dark Dwarves. I'm pretty sure that the DM hadn't had the um, <clears throat> that concept originally, but I love it. <laughs> we used that we had them caged as food. If it's not a if it's not a Dark Dwarf down here, we eat it. Because there's not that much food. Yeah, it's very practical. Very practical. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we kept them in cages in the first few episodes there. It's not that they were dumb or being tortured. They were cows. Yeah, it's just Pretty livestock. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But, uh, um, so after that, we went into... The room with the dice. The other room. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Trudy is convinced that this statue is of her. Uh, 
Did well, to which, it's possible that it is from her, uh, or of her. Uh, Yorbrim doesn't believe it at all. There's no reason for him to believe it. But, but the other characters clearly, or some other characters clearly do. But was this not a, like an ancient statue? Then how could it be of truly if it was an ancient statue? That's kind of what I thought, but maybe I missed something in the explanation. Well, no. Um, so, I, and this is a little bit, you know, digging into my concept of the of the whole world. So it may not be accurate, but uh, if um, Eleanor is able to edit that statue, why wouldn't? she be able to um, and edit how it's guarding things after all that crate the chest is new then why wouldn't she just be able to edit it into a statue of Trudy is the is the stat was the statue a mechanical thing or was it a magical thing I it was it magical was, yeah it was just a magical turning into a stone protector statue and Lord, Sorry about that. <laughs> Which makes sense. It, it might be Trudy. But... Didn't Eleonora consider Trudy one big sister looks after her? Yeah, I believe so. It's just, I wasn't aware that Eleonora was proficient in magic as well as mechanical stuff. And I don't think she is. Uh, again very meta here uh i believe that the stones that yorbrim picked up uh from the pile of rubble those are different than hmm. you broke up a little I, bit there oh what's what's up i also believe that the purple stuff that was in the chest that we found has something to do with the um mechanical nature of the um, spiders and the mechanical gnome. Like, maybe that makes it a little magical? Well, that could be. Could be. So, going into that, we found, inside the chest, we found a, a really, really intricate uh, vessel. Uh, like a like a vase with, or something like that. We found some diagrams of, of uh, clockwork mechanisms. We found some special tools, we found some oil, and we found uh, some other stuff that was in the bottom that we'll talk about in a minute. So, um, yeah, so there was a strange oil that had kind of a purple hint to it. Um, what do we think about that? I would say I haven't really had a chance to look at it. The way I look at this is the tools in there, they're not thieves' tools. To me, they're more like watchmaker tools. We're dealing with clockwork mechanisms. These are tools to build fine clockwork mechanisms. That's what they are. Why they're are not they, thieves' tools. Why are they here? Because if we look at them, we have had... This is where they build the clockworks. To me, this, this would be Eleanor's toolkit. The question that to me is, why would Eleonora leave behind toolkit? Yeah, why would she leave her toolkit? But this place doesn't appear to like a workshop to me, unless she worked oh. in the uh, in that cage or behind those bars. It, it, look at the chest. 
We have the chest, we have the statue, we have guardians. The tools were put here and protected by guardians. Why would she leave her tools behind? Well, I would imagine her tools are like one of the most valuable things that she has. Yeah. I don't think she would leave them to anybody. Um, I do believe we have a hint in the container. Um, that container is very, very well made. Uh, made out of platinum and gold with very fine, intricate details and carvings in it. Most likely made by Eleonora using those tools. And uh, I think it may have something to do with Lothram. Do you think it's a phylactery? I I think it's a phylactery. I'm almost certain it's a phylactery. I also think it's a phylactery. I think the Lich is trying to make a new phylactery. I think he's using Eleonora to do it. I'm not convinced that he hasn't already made new phylacteries. Probably multiples. And I... Can we hold on a set and um, explain what a Flactorian is and what the Lynch is? Yeah, for sure. Um, who wants to go into that? I think you can go ahead. Okay. Um, so a Lich is a, a magic user, a really, really high-level magic user, who has... Um, they have... They've determined that they need to find a way around death, and to, they need to do that so that they can so that they can achieve more than they could in a lifetime. So, typically, a magic or a lich would be someone uh, with a shorter lifespan, like a human, for instance, um, as compared to like an elf that might live a long, long time. Um, but still, elves can become liches, but that's really, really meta. There's a there's a process for that too. But generally, it would be a like a human or something like that. So a human magic user decides to find a way to circumvent death so that they can achieve more than they could in a standard lifetime. There's a process for that. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty evil process. Um, and it uses, uh, necromantic magic. Um, and what happens is that the, a part of the, well, like the soul essentially of the of the lich or of the magic user is placed into a phylactery, which is a container. Um, and it needs to be a very, very good container to contain this. Um, so usually it's something very, very intricate and and very valuable. And if the lich if when they when they complete this process, they become a lich, they their body, their body is just a, it's essentially a construct, a magical construct. Um, their essence is contained in the phylactery. And so if they, if their body is, is destroyed, then, um, a new body is created from the essence in the phylactery. And this can be done as many times as, as, as it takes, you know, the, if the lich's body degrades over time, then he can just destroy his body, his or her body, and a new one would be created through the magic of the phylactery. Um, which means that essentially... Usually by... Yep, go ahead. Usually by, like, controlling somebody else's until it becomes their... Uh, until the lich is all that's left. Yes, yes. Um, but what that means, essentially, is that the lich cannot die. Um, they are essentially immortal. 
Now there's a catch, and the catch is the phylactery. The phylactery is the vessel that uh, allows the, the lich to, to, to do this. If the phylactery is destroyed, the lich no longer has the ability to, um, to re, reform a body. Um, and so a lich generally, generally protects that, that phylactery very, very, uh, very, very carefully. Now, in the other group, this is also very meta, in the other group, the other campaign, the phylactery was, was recovered, um, and the other group has the phylactery. A lich is not limited to one phylactery. They could have as many as they want, although the process for making a phylactery is very expensive and very time-consuming and very magic-intensive. Um, so it's not something that you would just do willy-nilly. It, it's a thing that you really set out to do. It could take um, it could take years to 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 complete the process of, of making one and to to acquire all of the materials and, and all of that. Um, so it's a it's a it's not a thing that should be taken that's taken lightly. However, this this lich has existed for at least a thousand years. Um, we know of one phylactery. Um, my other character, Valor, asked at one point if the Lich had another phylactery, and was told no, that they that uh, the person that he asked would know if there was a second phylactery. My character, Valor, did not believe that, and I don't believe that. I don't believe that this Lich has not created multiple phylacteries in the time that he's that he's had available to him. So... This vessel that we found may be a new, a new phylactery being built. Um, whether it's the second or the third or the fifteenth, I don't know. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's pretty long-winded, but you know. Um, yeah, but basically, you could think of a lich as uh, Voldemort from um, Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely a lich. Yes, and all of the Horcruxes were, were um, phylacteries. Phylacteries, yes. Yeah, that's a really that's a really great way to think about it. Yeah, that's way easier to understand than what I just explained. So that makes me that makes me think that um, we really could have some problems. Uh, although the gnome group, their their goal is not to defeat the lich at all. The, the gnome group's goal is to recover Eleonora. So what this makes me think is that Eleonora, this is what I was thinking before, hid these here. These are instructions to control the lich. This is the phylactery or something critical to him. Then she had these protected by Mr. Chesterton, her construct, and someone else who cast basically magic on the statue of Trudy created this area to protect these but she had to hide them that's what I think we stumbled onto that could be because you know just like a fighter would never leave their weapons behind I can't imagine a, a, a crafter like Eleonora would leave her tools behind a fighter would never leave his weapons behind Unless he had to. 
That's, that's correct, yes. Now, in this case, these are not so much weapons. If we look at the phylactery, that is something that could be used against the Lich. And these are to be used against the Lich with instructions. That would be the case. Unfortunately, the phylactery, if that's what it is, isn't finished. It's about 80% complete. But it may not be the first. That's true. That's true. I think part of the reason that Eleonora, if she hit it here to keep it away from the Lich, one of the reasons that she would have done so is that the Lich would not be able to create more uh, easily. After all, she need, they obviously need her in order to complete the uh, phylacteries. She's a very talented craftsperson, as we saw by the spiders, as we saw by uh, her ability to control trolls. Um, and I think that this is a way for her to uh, protect herself as well. If if this is an unfinished phylactery, why don't we... You, you broke up there. What did you say? Sir, if this is an unfinished phylactery, why don't we... <laughs> you broke up in the exact same spot. That's very odd. If this is an unfinished phylactery, why don't we just destroy it? Well, there wouldn't be any point in destroying an unfinished phylactery. Keep it from being finished. Well, there's a lot more to to finishing a phylactery than just the vessel. The vessel is important, but there's there's quite a lot more to it. Very meta again, but there's a lot of material components that go into this. Well, exactly. And other than the dollar about the gold, the gold value of it it doesn't serve us any purpose yeah that's true yeah we can't we, i can't think of anything off the top of my head but it's possible that it, it does have other purpose so uh one of the other things about liches is that if their phylactery is destroyed their spirit or their soul returns to their current body and they can create another phylactery and draw their soul back into it but it is full of something. Is it? They said that it was full? I didn't know that. I thought it was. I thought I heard that was... It wasn't in my notes. But uh, I may have missed it while I was typing. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Drenna. Did you hear that it was... I thought I heard that it was full of a liquid. I'm not sure. I know there was some, some vials of strange oil... Uh, with a purple hint or hue to it, blue or purple hue to it, but I don't think that those that that oil was in the what we think might be the phylactery. Hmm. Okay, I may be wrong. I think I have to go back and uh, re-listen to that part. Yeah, for sure. Um, because if it already contains something, then that changes the entire discussion. Oh, for sure. If it contains something, then. Uh, Boy, I don't know what that means. <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, Eleonora is a lich now. <laughs> that could be and not of her own volition. That'd be an interesting thing. Are there such things as um, liches who become liches without consent? Well, that'd the, be interesting. The lich did at one point have a a death knight. Now, death knight is not a lich, <laughs> but. 
it's a you know a related thing um but that's not something that Eleanor could become I don't think so maybe there is something similar for Eleanor to become maybe so one other thing that was found in the uh uh one other thing that was found in the uh the the case was some um some small spheres some small heavy spheres um those might be useful for dealing with the uh the phylactery I oh yeah I I think they're demolition charges I think they are too I think they're dwarven demolition charges they're extremely dense, um, but they were clearly made by Eleonora. Yes. Yes. And the fact is, they're hidden behind it below a false bottom. Therefore, they were not meant to be found. So, in effect, they are more valuable than the tools and the quote-unquote phylactery or the potions. Well, because... it's possible. Oh, sorry. oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. It's possible that the um, that Lothram knew about the this location, knew about what was stored here, and wanted this stuff to be stored here. But perhaps he didn't want the other stuff underneath to be stored here. I think that's but very. I'm not possible. sure if that makes sense. I think that's absolutely because possible. there were more detailed plans, and there were more uh, there were drawings of Rennie and Trudy. Uh, which they did. She didn't make any reference to in the upper portion. I, no, I, I think personally, I think Eleonora put these there for safekeeping, and she valued the explosives. And I'm just calling them explosives, just because that's what they appear to be. Yep. As more important than the potion and the tools. I think you're right. Oh, I think yeah. you're absolutely right. And with that, I think we've kind of used up our time for tonight. Um, so. You know, thanks for thanks for hanging out. That's all I've got for the World of Coth Players podcast. Thanks to everybody for hanging out after the session. We'll talk again in a week. Good night, everybody.